Sir. You have been chosen to defend the realm of Earth in a tournament called Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. Uh, you know me better as Action Jackson. Yeah. I'm, I'm Greg. <laughs> on your act- How are you, Action? I'm good, man. Um, yeah, just Action Jacksoning around. Yeah. You know how it is. Classic Action Jackson, you're probably thinking. Classic. Tristan's trying to curate... A nickname. Well, I'm trying to come up with a name for my freelance strategy business if anyone's looking for some uh, strategy consultancy. Strategy. And Ac- Action Jackson is a, is a great name because I'm, I'm an action-oriented strategist and Action Jackson sounds cool but Jackson has no relevance to any anything. No. But if my nickname was Action Jackson, then we're hey. I think you should go for strategy worldwide. <laughs> Putting the man hours in to find out the science of what you need. It's not bad. Etc. Oh, hey, Greg, I've got a little surprise for you. We've got some new buttons. Oh, he, oh, <laughs> strap in, folks. Go, go for a little tour. Give right, yourself right. a tour. Keep going. So that's where keep going. Ah, keep yep. going. Just familiarize yourself. It's very astute on your part. <laughs> that's, of course, Frank Dukes referring to me as being very astute. It's very astute on your part. Let's just hear that again so we become familiar with this new yeah. very, very important button. And it's a, a button to be pressed whenever either of us makes a very astute point. It's very astute on your part. Mm. On your part. Keep going. Toasty! <laughs> <laughs> what better day than, than today to debut the toasty? Oh, no better. Toasty! So whenever one of us says something a bit toasty. Toasty! There you go. I never understood the toasty. I don't Is know. That, was it when you really did something hectic? I think it was, apparently it was uppercuts. Yeah. But I don't, or yeah, maybe as part of I a combo or something. Yeah. yeah. Talking about Mortal Kombat, the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because I like it. Well, you get used to it. Ewey. Why not? Yeah. I love it. Charlie Wilson. Oh, of course. It's Charlie Wilson's famous. Of course famous, it is. Famous Ewey. Uh We're doing Mortal Kombat. It's a fight tournament. It's a tournament. No, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, stick around for a lot more <laughs> of uh, that. unpacking that which is uh, Raiden in this mm. film. Uh, but before we get into that, wait, what year did this come out? 1995. Did we do a 95 recently? I feel like we did, maybe. Possib- possibly. Uh, no, I was going to say gone in 60 seconds. What did we do after Tommy Boy? Was that 95? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, we'll go with that. Keep going. Hey, I've got headphones and a beanie on today. So I'm basically Craig David. You're holding one cup with your hand. Craig David. (laughs) 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 This this pod writes itself. Oh, you lucky listeners, you. Yeah, hopefully I've edited this part down because uh, it's really lack of substance here right now. uh, That'll all change. That will all change because we're going to start with the year of 1995 and Greg's going to take us on a journey to cast our minds back to that very year with an interesting little... Pop cultural nugget. Yeah, nugget. I've got, a, I've got a nice one today. Yeah. 1995 was the final year, mm. uh, well, it was the year of which the final publication of the great comic genius that was Farside ever appeared. Right. Were Gary you, Larson? Gary Larson. You're Gary Larson. You know, I, it was wasn't in there somewhere. It was, yeah. It was like uh, all the, I think in like pockets of my family, all the birthday cards and Gifts mm. and things would be 
the far side things. <laughs> yes. Just random shit. A cultural phenomena, I believe. Like the, the, the moose with a birthmark that's a target. Ah. The kid pushing on the pool door. Classic. They're the two I remember. The rest, I don't know. I was quite obsessed. As was the world. He took the world by storm. Calendar. He sold a lot of calendars, didn't he? Oh, the calendars, yeah. Wait, so it ended in 1995. Ended in 1995. It actually started way back when and I think it might have even been the late 70s, early 80s. So we just got all the merchandising of it later. Yeah. Man, and back, the back catalogue, the yeah. greatest hits. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So Gary Larson was the creator. He drew weird-looking animals and weird-looking humans. They were pretty basic sketches. Yeah. It was pretty unique in that it had no recurring characters. Yeah, right. The cows all had different names. <laughs> a lot um, of cows. A lot they? of cows, a lot of ducks. Yeah. The humans, uh, well, the animals lived like humans. Yeah. So quite often, you know, animals driving cars and such. Mm. An exercise in simplicity. Simplicity. Saying so much with so little mm. often. Married with the absurdity, with the absurd. Mm. Yeah. It's very astute on your part. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I got my first astute. There you go. It's like he said it to me the whole time. <laughs> he didn't know. I was thinking of calling him up and asking him why I didn't get an astute. If you call him up Chevelle and talk about got, anything, there is a chance he will say it. Chevelle got one. Yeah. You got one. Yeah. I think it is one per convo. Yeah. Keep going. I've got a little clip on the far side. It sort of introduces the phenomena. Mugs. Far side mugs. Oh, mugs. Yeah. Desk calendars as Desk well as wall calendars. with 365 days. I think I had one of them. I was all up in the far side match. Gary Larson is genuinely perplexed by his enormous success as a cartoonist. Just seven years after he started drawing it, his daily panel is one of the hottest items in syndication, reaching more than 80 million readers through almost 600 newspapers. His cartoon books have sold some 4 million copies. And a traveling exhibit has drawn Larson junkies to museums around the country. Larson um, really holds a mirror up to life and a, a sort of a crack mirror. I think what's wonderful about the humor is it tends to be a little bit on the dark side. <laughs> I was going to say it's interesting. Uh, it's almost like memes. Cause it's almost like they're walking around this gallery. <laughs> gallery. Looking at memes almost on the yeah, wall. And in yeah. those days we didn't have the internet, so you'd have to walk around the internet looking at not photographs but just made-from-scratch memes. Mm, with others. Almost, what? right? Because they would have the same type of sort of uh, very singular observation about one yeah. very specific thing. Yeah. Hand-drawn memes. He's a memesman. He's, he was the original memesman. That's a very – hang on. It's <laughs> very astute on your part. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um did the Simpsons do it? Yes. Oh, did they? Homer was reading one of the uh, 365 <laughs> I don't <days>. get it. <laughs> That's right. I don't get it. 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 Oh, that's good. That's great. An interesting time for sort of, it's a good example of this tension between sort of High and low culture. What's that? You could tell the, the tone in that guy's voice in that 2020 clip. Oh, some people think it's seeing it in a gallery, a cartoonist of all things. Mm. Uh, it was a very hot topic. It uh, was. Video games. Video games art. Can you make a, a movie out of a video mm. game? Other people have tried. And failed. And this is me making a segue into, into the movies of 1995. And there were a few. Yeah, yeah. Talk us through them. GoldenEye came out in 1995. Die Hard with a Vengeance. 
Batman Forever, obviously a debut episode. Jumanji uh-huh. we've covered. A lot of these top ten movies we've covered. Other movies, Billy Madison. Oh, yeah. Operation Dumbo Drop, Virtuosity, Sudden Death. It's a, it's a very diverse year. Yeah. There's only one movie that could come in at number 26, as they say, and that movie was... So while that number seems maybe perhaps underwhelming, that is a global number, first and foremost. Oh, it's, I'm, I'm whelmed. Yeah, you're whelmed? Also, in terms of weekly box office, it, it, it did debut at number one. So it was, and I think it stayed number one for a few weeks. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You're getting all the hits tonight. Yeah, yeah. So it came out in August of 1995, budget of $18 million with a gross of $122.2 million. Does that say nothing to turn your nose up at? Is that a thing? It's, I certainly wouldn't turn my nose Robbie. up at it. Yeah, it's good Romy. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, critic score of 44%, audience score of 57%. Oh, sorry. What was the critics? 44. Ooh. Interesting, isn't Interesting. it? Yeah. Critical consensus. Uh, despite an effective otherworldly atmosphere and appropriately cheesy visuals, Mortal Kombat suffers from its poorly constructed plot, laughable dialogue, and some <laughs> and subpar acting. Yeah. <laughs> Fight during the mint. For context, the new one has tournament. A, tournament. <laughs> the the new Mortal Kombat has a critic score of fifty four percent and audience score of eighty six percent. Wow! Now apparently there is some. I think we are all aware, especially with the anticipation that built around the new movie. Yeah. That there is sort of this. Uh, while that may have been what the consensus was at the time, there's been a a, a growing love for this film for some reason that I can't quite grasp. Not saying I disagree with it. I'm kind of part of that. I'm into it too. But it's it's this. It's been sort of this organic groundswell of like, hey, you know what? That movie's cool. Interesting. Wow. Was this a big movie for you? Or what about Mortal Kombat in general? Yes. Yes. So starting with the game, shall I? Yeah. Why not? Yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. When I got that on the old Sega Mega Drive, did you have Mortal Kombat three by chance? I don't know, man. I remember the original the best. Oh, okay. Such is my age. Mm. Um, I remember A, B, A, C, A, B, B and down, up, left, left, A, right, down. Were they fatalities or something? Yeah. Oh, wow. I never could get my hands around those. <laughs> yeah. It's weird the things you remember. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, it was a huge game. That was like... It was huge. It was... Uh, how else do you describe it? Mine was... Um, it's funny because, yeah, we're only two years apart, but in those days the sequels will come out like every 12 months or whatever. Yeah. So Mortal Kombat 3 was the one that we had at my dad's house. Who were the, the uh, characters in there? It was all of them, but it, then it had extra ones like the the Roberts were in there, Cyrax and Jax. Sector. Oh, yeah, okay. And I always picked them because they had easily repeatable moves. I was never good at Mortal Kombat. And that had the cheat code, which I always thought was the Konami code, but I checked and it's not. And also there's not a Konami game, but it was... Because the <laughs> Konami code is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA. That was on lots of games growing up. But the code that we used on this one was up, up, down, down, left, right, ABA. And that unlocked the cool stuff. Menu. Yeah. And then you can change all the settings and be like... Blood to the max? Yeah, shit like that. And that, But I could never... Do fatalities or anything. So, like, I'd try and so it would be like, finish him. 
and I'd go over and just move awkwardly. Like the character would be going like, uh, 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 <laughs> duck, duck, duck. <laughs> it was such a high pressure moment. Man, when I he said finish him, you, God damn it, it was tough. <laughs> and then like Nintendo 64 generation, I'm in like, uh, year nine or something and Mortal Kombat 4 comes out. I save all my pennies and, and uh, Brian comes over to play it with me and destroys me. <laughs> <laughs> I never played again. <laughs> that was the end. Yeah, that was the end. I'm like, what the f- fuck? It's done all these combos and things, and I didn't really know that that was uh, fuck. What? Are we yeah. playing the same game here? Yeah. I think my controller's broken. Is yeah, where, I, where I'd go at that point. <sighs> it was horrible. It was a horrible, horrible feeling. <laughs> Are you over it? Not quite. Mm. I'm playing the long game though. We're still friends. But one day. Oh yeah. One day. Fatality. <laughs> I'm going to rip off my face and breathe fire on it. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. That was yeah. Scorpion, I think, right? Um, do you remember Clay Fighter? There were a few games that then took this model of these photo, the yeah. graphics were based yeah. on photos. There was Street Fighter? That, Street, the well, movie? The movie, the game, yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, there was one called Clay Fighter. And it was. I remember it. Yeah, they were like all like quirky characters, pretty much the same game, but just more kid friendly. But also, I was thinking that why don't they have cheat codes anymore? They helped me a lot. When Do I they was, not? I think like GTA might. Yeah. But, but generally speaking, because I've even got Doom now, the newer Doom. It's a fucking hectic game. Oh yeah. And uh, but they don't yeah. have cheats. I was like, I, I get to the point where it's too hard for me, and I don't care enough to really persist. And there's no like cheats. <laughs> like, I find it's quite, God mode they're or quite something? early in the. Yeah, <laughs> in the game I find. Or I stopped playing it for so long that I go back and I don't know how to play it anymore. That happens to me on a lot of games. They need to like fix that for people like our age. Give us cheats. Yeah, give us cheats. It can be very overwhelming, Greg. Overwhelming. Mm. Uh, and the, mo- <laughs> in the movie. And the movie. Yeah, the movie. I mean, I definitely watched it and I liked it, but I don't remember thinking a lot about it. Mm. Like it wasn't a huge movie for me. Yeah. Um, Street Fighter came out the year before this. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a more significant moment. It felt like interesting. Maybe it was the JCVD thing. I don't know, uh, but I definitely enjoyed it. And then I don't think I rewatched it until this week. Wow! I don't think I saw Mortal Kombat Annihilation either. Yeah, I don't remember seeing that. Yeah, I nearly bought a double pack on the. Oh really? Yeah, it's got Brian Thompson in it, and Luke Kang still in it, and then the rest are all recasted. Oh, but, oh. yeah, this one for you? The Yeah, it was big. Yeah. So it's similar story to Street Fighter. I think same sort of friends. All right. Rowan, <laughs> Liam. Strike two, Greg. <laughs> I think might have been there. Friends yeah. of the show, I would say. Oh, uh, yeah. Hello, gents. They, yeah, I remember, the one thing I remember most about this movie was how freaking loud it was in the cinema. Right. They'd, I don't know, like I can still hear it. It was so, <laughs> or can't hear because of it. Yeah, right. It was so loud. Like, you know, the opening scene where he's got Liu Kang's little brother and he's like, yeah. and then like yeah. tying up his arm and pat- it was so loud you were almost covering your ears just going, whoa, it's, is it meant to be this loud? Wow. You're like Millhouse firing up. It was Thrill House. Thrill House. Thrill House. Thrill House. Yeah, wow. So that was um, a distinct memory. I was a pretty obsessed with it. I watched it a lot. The fight scenes I thought at the time were amazing. I mean, and yeah, I mean a year after – Without getting into it just yet, but you watched Street Fighter a year earlier. This would definitely well, be that's a step it. in the right direction. It's a, it was high stakes because Street Fighter was botched. That was not a good movie. And socially a, a failure for you because you got friends to watch oh, it with yeah, you. That's and, right. 
Yeah, um, I think well. this was better received <laughs> in my peer circles. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it was just a better movie all around. It was much. It was it was what you kind of expected from Street Fighter. At the beginning, when you get introduced to all the characters, you know, like they get the least yeah, snippets it, of the backstory. And that's what we said on the Street Fighter episode too. It's like, why fuck with it? Yeah, it is what it is. It's a tournament. Make the movie a tournament. Yeah, it's pretty simple, guys. Blanca, you got the guy from Blanca's fucking Bloodsport in Street groups. Fighter. Yeah. Fucking, what are you doing? Yeah, Blanca this had guy a gets it. Yeah, to a degree. To a degree, because he maybe he doesn't get it because the rest of his movies are stinkers. We'll get to that. Um, so it was a big movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sonya was pretty hot. Yeah. So it's context for a, Veronica Vaughn. For yeah, for for the mid nineties. That Sonya <laughs> is one lousy fighter. <laughs> we will get to that. <laughs> well, she was a last-minute recast. But we'll get to that and actually oh, not yeah. a bad segue. Let's get into the origin story. There's a bit here, isn't there? There's a little. Well, there are stories. Origin story. So it's a video game movie, which means there is a rich history here. Some some perhaps toasty backstory. Toasty. There you go to to this movie. So I'll start with the game. The original game came out in 1992. The masterminds behind this game were one Ed Boon and one John Tobias. And if, if you think you don't know who Ed Boon is, you're wrong because uh, he does say "Get over here," and um, he also says "Finish him," and he says a bunch of things that are in the game. Yeah, right. Um, John Tobias, I think, may have been Sub-Zero, but I don't know what a Sub-Zero, what does he say? Freeze. I don't think he speaks. He doesn't really speak, does he? He just goes, <laughs> freezes. So Ed Boon's voicing all of them and say, hey, Tobias, you, you can do uh, Mr. Freeze over there. Yeah. He doesn't have any lines. He does this. <laughs> no, no, too loud. <laughs> yeah, so he's the voice of Scorpion. He's the voice of the, a lot of the other ones. And interest, little Easter egg before we get into it. You know, there's a character called Noob, Noob Cybot no. in the later games. That's Boone and Tobias backwards. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> right? You love palindromes. Wait, that's sort of technically a palindrome, isn't it? Sure. Jeremy Zion. Jeremy Zion. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, these guys are both working at a company called Midway Games. Oh, of course. Uh, Ed Boone was the boss. Well, Tobias, John Tobias's boss. And and Tobias was working on this idea of doing a kung fu game. He was a big fan of that karate game. What was that called? Karate Guys? A couple of karate guys? Uh, Final Fury? No, no, that OG one that was in Bloodsport, I think. Aren't you a little old for video games? Kiki Men? Yeah, something like that. It's Kiki Men. It was the most basic fighter game there was. But also Street Fighter had obviously become pretty massive, Street Fighter 2 being the, the one that really took it over the edge. And he's like, well, we can make something like that. And I got the, all these ideas and there'll be a guy with a hat and he shoots electricity and all these things. And he makes a demo yeah. with a, some martial arts friends of his using his technology where they take photographs and digitize the photographs and they become this, oh. the, the things and all the things and they take it to their boss and they get to Ed Boone and he says, no. Yeah. Booney. He's like, you know, fighting game? Yes, I'm in for a fighting game. But you can't just make a fighting game and expect to make a splash. You need a name. People like cartoons. People like uh, martial arts movies. There's this man out there making a splash. They call him Jean-Claude Van Damme. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. What if we got him on the face of the video game? Now that now now we've got an idea. Oh, I like this way the Boonie thinks. <laughs> this Boon is uh, full of ideas. He wanted to be in the Van Damme business. 
And so the idea sort of then got uh, hijacked from being this otherworldly fighting game into like, well, what if it's just a Van Damme game called Van Damme? And they get to talking to Van Damme's people and at, at this point he's making Universal Soldier and then the Universal Soldier guys were like, well, we were thinking of making a Universal Soldier game and then there, were, there was all these things going on that so it just it just fell apart and it didn't happen. Was there, so just on that, he seemed to have a better run at connecting with JC than we have. Yeah. That is all. <laughs> Many have. <laughs> <laughs> Any have. Any time I get a notification on my phone that JCVD is going live, I consider it my duty to get on there and request to join the shit out of it every time. Write little messages. It's very astute on your part. Thank you. I write all the little messages like, hey, JC, let's chat. Let's, let's do this. We're ready in five. And usually he's just rambling about God knows what in his robe and towel around his neck thing. Riding a mini segue <laughs> around his gym with his little puppy. But every time, because Campaign 2000 is going to happen one day. We're going to get JC yeah. on the show and so I have to take every opportunity that presents itself because luck is just opportunity meets preparedness. Yeah. And that's, so we create our own luck. And that's what happened to him. That's what happened to him. Well, Kirk. speaking of, so opportunity meets preparedness. So I guess they didn't get JC, but in the meantime... Street Fighter 2 is blowing up and Ed Boon's yeah. like, okay, wait, let's go back to the original idea. What was this Kung Fu game you talked about? Did he say let's go back to my original idea? <laughs> it seems like it because Ed Boon, I don't know if you, how much you've been Googling bloody uh, uh, Mortal Kombat this, this week, but he's all over it. He seems to be the Stan Lee of this thing. Okay. And I say that in two ways. In that, yes, he is highly involved, but also if you look through the history, he's not – the guy, there's many guys. He's the face. He's the face of it. I mean, he's stuck with it. He's involved throughout. But, yeah, he, he goes back to Tobias and like, actually, let's, let's get back to this thing. And, um, you know, somewhat famously or at least famously on this pod, they didn't let the JCVD thing go entirely. They sort of, well, A, you could argue that the game itself is somewhat reminiscent of a handful of Van Damme movies with the fight tournaments and such. Yes. Uh, but one character in particular with Johnny Cage, JC, the nut punch from Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's even wearing the little uh, bike shorts there with the sash thing there. Yeah. He's an arrogant movie star. Shots fired. And um, Kumite was even amongst the names they were considering for this thing. Actually found it very hard to name. Some of the other names floating around were uh, Dragon Attack, Death Blow. Ooh. Fatality. Kiki Boys 2. <laughs> Kiki Boys 2. Hyperkick. <laughs> That's not bad. Hyperkick. If you add hyper to after the colon to anything, it works. Oh. Yeah. But to be fair, it wasn't all just, you know, a bloody Van Damme game in the end. Yes, they had their little fun with yep. that character. But uh-huh. they, they pulled from many pop cultural references. Yeah. They were influenced by a lot of Hong Kong movies, a lot of American films like Big Trouble in Little China. There's some Raiden energy in that movie. There's some Shang Tsung energy in that movie. Kano was a vague riff on Terminator. The biggest ripoff hasn't been mentioned yet. Liu Kang and Enter the Dragon. Liu Kang and just Bruce Lee. Yeah, in general. Yes. There was also a Bruce Lee character in Tekken as well, hey. And he was yeah. like wearing yellow and doing the whole yeah. yeah. That was that was more blatant, but yeah, this was definitely At least had the voices. Fuck off, fuck off. Yeah. Sounded like he was saying, fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off, fuck off. <laughs> And that was his jumping 
My brother used to just do that. My brother used to do yeah. My brother would just do that until I died. I was so annoyed. Uh, yeah, because that's that's the only way I could play those games. I'd be that guy because I didn't know how to actually play well. So I just find something that the move people I couldn't do. defend for a bit. Yeah, one move that seems to get me through seventy percent of situations uh, until you know I that play. Guy? Well, I, I do it to beat the computer. Oh, okay. And that's then, okay. If it's um, against the system, yeah. But then, and then, and then Brian would man. come over and be like, "That's that's not fighting." Block, <laughs> yeah, toasty. He'd do like some seventy-five move combo, and I'm like, "What are you? What? You know, you're already dead, and he's still fighting you. <laughs> he's beating uh, up your corpse." Uh, I'm downstairs, you know, making myself an orange juice, and he's flawless still, victory. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, son of a bitch, son of a bitch. Revenge will be sweet, mate. Don't worry. Hey, get this: the development team. Of this game was four people. I think there were others that came into support, but in terms of the core team, four people. Wow. So there's Boone and, and Tobias. There's also John Vogel and Dan Ford. And if, and if you think you don't know who Dan Forden is, you actually do because he's the guy that says, Toasty. Dan Toasty Forden. Oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. It was some in-joke or something about watching football or something. I guess It's definitely an said, in-joke. Let's, let's put it in the game. I didn't understand it. And I always thought he was saying whoopsie for the longest yeah. time. Yeah. Whoopsie. That's what, which is also why I didn't know what he was referring to. Because he's fought, like you get punched. Whoopsie. Yeah. Was it, is it sympathetic? Turns out it's not. It took about 10 months to make. As I mentioned, they use this technology of actual taking footage with a camcorder. Uh, the final arcade game used eight megabytes of graphics data. Wow. With each character having 64 colors and around 300 oh, yeah. frames of animation. Oh, yeah. It was mind-blowing stuff at the time. Wasn't it? It's like, how can video games get any more real than this? Have you seen this? Why would you play Street Fighter? Look how real that is. This is real. This is basically real. This is basically reality. And it was released in 1992 with a very big marketing campaign. And I have the original ad right here, which is pretty cool. <laughs> it's just people in the streets yelling Mortal Kombat with cuts to the game in between. With cuts to 28 Days Later. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that bit. In between bit. Oh, God, there he is. Anyway, most popular arcade cabin of 1992 in the US. Grossed more than three hundred million in nineteen ninety three, and for context, that's about as much as Jurassic Park earned at the box office that year wow. domestically. That's, that's great context, BTW. <laughs> Thank you, but that's kind of mind blowing, isn't it? It really 300 is. Three hundred million. Because if you think, you know, I feel like it wasn't <laughs> until the mid two thousands people saying, you know, video games yeah. are really taking over movies. Yeah, nineteen ninety three, baby. Yeah, Boone, you're in Boontown. Correct. Yeah. Sold more than 3 million copies within six weeks of home release. By 1995, 6 million units sold and another 300 milli in a bank. Um, and along with a few other games of the time like Doom, this became sort of the poster child for video games ruining society. Oh, it's not new news, is it? It's not new news. And in hindsight, they were pretty tame back then, weren't they? Um, in hindsight. The fatalities now are pretty fucking out there. <laughs> well, or just compared to like GTA or something. Well, anything, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but then we get to the movie. Now, this would 
this whole phenomenon happening in the world of video games would catch the eye of uh, a producer named Lawrence Kasanoff, who had recently kind of uh, transcended the video game movie Bridge with a midway game for Terminator 2, which was, was the star mm. of the arcade at the time, an on-rails shooter where you go... Rings a bell. Shoot the things. Rings a bell. And so he was like, hey, we can do the reverse here. This thing has got movie potential. Uh, he does secure the rights, but it wasn't easy. So He had to go through Boone. He had to go through Boone. He, but he, <laughs> this quote says, this is Star Wars meets Enter the Dragon. This is not just an arcade game. This is a phenomenon. I like it. <laughs> you got to sell. They were hesitant though because Mario Brothers had already come out and it, was, it wasn't a great success story. Three months later he convinced them. Um, but he saw this as a real opportunity to bring together the influences of this movie. So this kind of the Hong Kong movies with the American movies and kind of uh, bring the best of both worlds together. Now, now get a load of this guy. <laughs> if you look at Hong Kong martial arts movies or action movies, the movies, frankly, in terms of our audience here, story, lighting, character development are terrible. But the action is phenomenal. And I've always thought, how come we can't take that quality of action and put it into more of the kind of quality and look that Take we strive that for harvest. here in Hollywood. That was the goal. We liked Hong Kong movies, but they were terrible. So we did the same and turned the volume up louder. <laughs> this one goes up to 11. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very astute on your part. <laughs> anyway, everyone's telling this guy it's not going to work. It's a career ender. What are you thinking? And even after it got greenlit, apparently, <laughs> the studio... What was it? It was New Line. He says, they said, uh, the studio walked in with this script, threw it down at the table and said, I hate this script. I hate this movie. I hate you. They yelled at us for an hour and then said, okay, go make the movie. <laughs> Is that how the things roll in Hollywood? <laughs> but it was the 90s, man. Everyone was on the cocaines. Oh. I don't know. As Maybe. opposed to now. As opposed to now. Or on the op- opioids now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Probably. Lucinogenics. Yeah. They're all microdosing now. They're all microdosing. They all were microdosing a year ago. Now they're fully dosing. Ah, yeah. That starts that the starts. gateway dose. Yeah, man. Anyway, they get a director, unknown at the time, called. Uh, well, back then he seemed to be referred to as Paul Anderson, and then later on in his career, I guess they needed to differentiate more, and he became Paul W S Anderson, not Paul Thomas Anderson, and not Wes Anderson. Paul W S Anderson. It's confusing. Mm. He had just made a small but well received movie called Shopping. Um, <laughs> the life of a trolley. <laughs> they had Jude Law and someone else, and it was like a, a well-received movie that he made on a tight budget. He had some style to him. I think it was, like, indie, was he an indie darling? I'm not familiar with it, but I get the feeling of you know they think they're getting a Guy Ritchie type of story. Ooh, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and he was a big fan of Mortal Kombat. Apparently, he lived outside of London. Growing up but trying to get into showbiz, he'd, he'd go in into the city for one meeting and have to hang around all day for whatever and he'd go play video games. Ah. The old Mortal Kombat. And so he's in and uh, they're very excited. We're, we're all excited. You've got your director, you've got a producer. Naturally, uh, casting comes next. And there's some interesting pre-casties here. When you know it. Do tell. The role of Sonya. Was originally going to be Cameron Diaz. Oh, oh no, off the hills. Actually, she, the mask wasn't even out yet. But off the dailies, they were seeing. They're like, this, this. She's got chutzpah. She sure did. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but she had to drop out because she broke her wrist or something. Yeah. Yeah. I guess in training. That's the way I read it. Yeah. And then you know we got Sampras. Yeah. 
Steve James, who maybe you're familiar with, I'm less familiar with, was supposed to be Jax. He passed away. He was in American Ninja, uh, yes. Delta Force and things. Yes. He passed away apparently. I don't know much about him. No, he's pretty badass. And this one's actually hilarious. They wanted Sean Connery for Raiden. So it's interesting. You can see the journey they went on. They're like, I want someone from Highlander. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was some electricity in there somewhere, wasn't there? Yeah. He's got to have a weird accent. And a, <laughs> <and> a kilt. <laughs> I am the last one. <laughs> oh, wait, that's not Highlander. Uh, close enough. And uh, this isn't a real precasty, but they they a name that was thrown around, I just thought it was interesting, was Danny Glover as Raiden. So this, it's interesting. Yeah. They, I think they really saw Raiden as the chance to get a name in there as sort of the, the gravitas type yep. of role. There were some names around, well, was JC ever in contention? I don't know officially if you, yeah, did you see much on that? Yeah, no. I saw a couple of people for that role though. Who else did I see? Oh, yeah, who did you see? Brandon Lee. Oh, really? Actually, yeah, yeah. For Johnny Cage? Apparently. That would be good. I, yeah. I did think that. There was a moment when... um. When uh, Johnny Cage and Liu Kang are walking and one's being a wise ass and one's just being more generally wise and I was like, this is Showdown right here. Yeah, yeah. That could have been Brandon. That's his being Brandon Lee in Showdown Little Tokyo. Yeah, he could have just picked and lifted but. It would have been great. The crow got in Although the I don't, I don't like Brandon Lee being the wise ass one. I want him to be more of the Bruce Lee in this scenario. Yeah, like rapid fire. Yeah. Can we do rapid fire I don't soon? want him to be the quirky guy. Yeah, I'm keen to do that because I haven't seen it. Oh, I've yeah. seen it a lot. A lot. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, but rounding out cast because there's some big names here. You got Christopher Lambert doing something. He <laughs> <laughs> found the reverse realm. It's a tournament. You got a tournament. <laughs> as Lord Raiden, Robin Shu was Liu Kang in his second American film. He was uh, a Hong Kong star. Mm. Uh, Lyndon Ashby is, is Johnny Cage. Someone I'm not familiar with myself. Um, no, no. But apparently some sort of martial artist as well. Karate, Taekwondo, Kung Fu. Carrie Tagawa, friend of the show. We love Carrie Tagawa. He was the first and only choice for Shang Tsung and rightly He's so. He's perfect. He showed up in, to audition in the costume and everything, stood on the table and was like, yeah, I'm fucking Carrie Tagawa. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers. And the, the character in the game was much older, but they're like, ah, fuck, just forget Carrie Tagawa, man. <laughs> He's the best. More on him later. Bridget Wilson. Bridget Wilson? Bridget. Bridget Wilson. <laughs> no, Bridget. Isn't it Bridget? What's double T-E? Bridget? Is anyone <laughs> called Bridget? Probably someone. So Probably. F- apologies if your name's Bridget. <laughs> I just have never heard of that ever. But if your name's Bridget, just t- tone it. Uh, as Sonia. Taliso Soto as Katana, who was previously a Bond girl. Nice. In License to Kill. Trevor Goddard as Kano, who's not Australian, but he did some kind of accent in this, which became canon that Kano then became Australian in the games. That's, that was just something he did. He oh, was English. He's not I Australian. Had questions on that. So friends of the show outside of Australia, that's not an Australian accent, just FYI. Uh, Chris Casamasa as Scorpion, but I would like to caveat here that Ed Boone still did the voice of Scorpion. Good. Not bad. Francois Petit as Sub-Zero. And Keith Cook as Reptile. On your Keithy. On your Keith. 
they get all these people, they get them over in, in the beach from the beach and, and do things and make the clouds fly backwards in the sky and bish yep. bash bosh, she goes herself a movie rap part of the Viper Room. Yeah. Let's play the trailer. of us there burns the fury of a warrior in every generation a few are chosen to prove it one of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament three strangers will travel to the mystical realm of outworld to defend our people against shang song you will and his forces of darkness. In an ancient tournament, one more victory. Your soul is mine. And our world no! is theirs. It has begun. Well, Sonya's sort of got it. We talked about how um, Terminator 2, 1991, Mortal Kombat came out in 1992, the first game. Sonya definitely has that Sarah Connor, Janet Jackson vibe going on a little bit. It was with a the Luke. hat and the things. And Luke. The, yeah, it yeah, was good. a Luke. It's very astute on your part. <laughs> I'm getting so much more than I thought I would out of that button. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it isn't annoying. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it too. <laughs> Give us feedback on the astute button, please. <laughs> the missed opportunity in that trailer, though. Why not have Christopher Lambert narrate the trailer? <laughs> <laughs> I think in a world. <laughs> this bummer. <laughs> I like that we have slightly different spins on it. Yeah. Yeah. I have Your to one get, just ran up some stairs. I have to get to the bottom of breath <laughs> to do it. i got to do it. Breathe out. Breathe out. <sighs> and then talk about the tournament. <laughs> And smile at the end for some reason. Because you're Raiden. <laughs> you're electricity. Oh, I see. That was a good trailer. It's not a bad trailer. You got the song in there. You got all the names in there. You got Don Lon Fontaine giving it a nice smooth little intro in there. Doesn't get into plot though, Greg. <sighs> and this is a plot-driven movie, is it not? <laughs> uh, oh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say you get everything you need from that trailer. However, in yeah. the spirit of... Consistency. <laughs> yeah. I will say some words in a row. Okay, yeah. See that sequence of words. Uh, this is a tale of A B A C A B B. <laughs> a tale of down up left left A right down. Yeah, classic. A classic tawny film. It's a tournament film. Yeah. A tawny film where a couple of earthlings are on an unexpected quest to save Earth and humanity, I suppose. An eclectic crew of fighting warriors are led to a mysterious dock where a mysterious dragon boat mysteriously appears. 
Their motives vary, but they all have one thing in common. They've all been handpicked by Shang Tsung mm. and they're going to some mysterious island to fight in a tournament. A tournament, tournament. of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> On the island, they will be forced to face otherworldly foes, all whilst facing the demons within. Ooh. But they're about to find out uh-huh. that Raiden is super weird. <laughs> it's also a love story uh, with between... Johnny Cage and Sonya? I'm not sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? I think they went, why not? I'd love at the end if Raiden was just like, Creepy. I don't even really work here. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching you sleep. <laughs> it's a strange man. Very strange. I think they do. They have, a, I think in the story of the games, because I was, I was brushing up on them a little bit this week, they make a baby. Who? Sonya and uh, Johnny Cage. So does that, So okay, so just on that. That and you mentioned the Kano thing. Yeah. Did did Mortal Kombat, the games, just pick up where the movie left off in terms of some of those plot? No, I think, that was, I think that was baked in already, that oh. there was some romance between the two. Oh. What's Sonya's backstory? She's a she's a police chick whose partner got killed by Kano. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. there you go. That's exactly it. And so she had no fight training at all, right? Oh, uh, maybe, yeah. She was a – maybe. It would have been nice if they'd done some fight training for the actress. It's true. But I guess with that precast in mind, she came in pretty last minute perhaps. She was like, don't worry, I'm married to a tennis player. I think she was then. Probably not. Think of now though, if, you, if they made this now, think of the plethora of amazing actual fighters they could cast. Yeah. Yeah. Have they – I'm Ronda not Rousey, familiar obviously. with a lot of yeah yeah. Was, she springs to mind, obviously. Is I was trying to think, has she done it? Because there were all these different yeah. versions of Mortal Kombat things in on the internet and shit. Maybe, maybe. Because I think there's a Michael Jai White as as Jax in something. I don't know, yeah. but I'm not familiar with any of them. I'm yeah. completely. I didn't do much work re- research on the post movie well, world. Just, of, there's just so much, isn't there? Yeah, oh, and and what there isn't a lot of is time. There's never enough time. To satisfy Mortal Kombat. Yeah, never enough damn. Uh, how was the rewatch for you, Greg? Uh, what have I written here? It was entertaining. It was. I mean, it's dated and it's pretty oh, hit and miss in parts. The acting is probably some of the worst you'll see. Yeah. Well, like, in, it's mixed, a mixed bag perhaps. Yeah. but Well, mixed as in there's Kerry and the others. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then there's, a, then there's a, a middle section and then there's Raiden. Raiden is one of the finest. <laughs> it is an interesting one. I, it's interesting as well. We forgot to mention it at the top of the show because we're so distracted by our shiny new buttons. But this is May Madness. <laughs> that works. This is May Madness and we're doing all these big movies and it did occur to me as I'm watching this thing that it's like, so why have we chosen this for May Madness? Because <laughs> we did Terminator 2. We did Batman. <laughs> We've we got two Academy Award winning films. <laughs> and First Blood, which might as well be an Academy oh. Award winning film. Why and then we've got this one. And I think part of it was being <laughs> topical because a new one came out. There's a lot of excitement. But uh, the way I've rationalised it is I was thinking that there's uh, – to use a food analogy, Greg. Yeah, you know I like food. I love food. And it's analogies. one of my favourite. I eat daily. And I was thinking, you know, Terminator 2 is maybe uh, – that's a, that's a lamb roast with all the trimmings. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Batman, which is like – a good quality burger, like when you're going for a quality burger, like Mary's oh, yeah. or something, not McDonald's, but a quality burger. Yeah. 
Rambo is maybe a hearty stew. Okay. Yeah. With some bread? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but basic but ho- like nutri- like good hearty, hearty. Okay, yeah. Yeah. A winter dish. A winter dish, yeah, yeah. Um, this is like a pizza with pineapple on it. Okay. It's going to be polarising but, you know, I feel like there's a, there's a place for that. Yeah. And when, when I'm in the right mood, that hits very nicely. If you just drop your guard and embrace. Exactly. So this is the Hawaiian pizza of movies and I'm here for it. And let, while I'm here, can I get on a high horse for a second? Oh, yeah. People as long as there's to, more food involved. Yeah. People need to relax with the pineapple doesn't belong on pizza stuff, especially if you're Australian because in Australia we've done much worse to pizza than put fucking pineapple on it. I you agree. can't say pineapple doesn't belong on pizza and then order a fucking barbecue meat lovers. I agree. Your nonna would uh, roll over in her grave. And if it's not traditional pizza, that's cool. It's just a delicious thing. It's pretty tasty. It's like, like hey, there's uh, it's okay, tasty. It's not a pizza. Here's a here's some bread with cheese and ham and a nice uh, uh, pomodoro sauce yeah. and then uh, there's a, a sweet zing of uh, pineapple on there. Enjoy it. Yeah, because it, it is good. tasty. It's tasty. And we've talked about this before. When you're ordering multiple pizzas, it's nice to have in the mix as yes. a bit of a palate cleanser. Carol gets that pizza and I get yeah. something, you know, more of a like a salami and mushroom and then I have a piece of hers at the end and it cleanses my palate. And this is where the metaphor works, Greg, because this movie occupies the same space. Yes, you, uh, I love a stew, but I'm not going to watch First Blood every night. I'll slip my fucking wrists. Mm. Mm. You, need a, you need a Hawaiian pizza now and then and this is a good time. Um, but that's not to say that it's, this is just, you know. Could you pause there for a second? Oh, sorry, yeah. It's very astute on your part. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks, Frank. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's great. It works better than I thought because yeah. I was worried it sounds too muffled. To, well, it kind of works. Yeah, I'll just ask you to pause if needed. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's not to say that I don't think this movie, I think there's some legit good shit in here. Keep going. I don't think it's so bad it's good. I think there's some stuff that's just actually good. Yeah. There's definitely some so bad it's good. Yeah. But it was um I asked you earlier in the week and you ignore me, Greg. Have you oh, ever you seen the Evil Dead movies? The Sam Raimi Evil oh, Dead I movies. Oh, I thought I responded. Oh maybe you did. No, said maybe kind I'm, of. Kind of. There's I know some, no, I, re- I know of them. There's a similar energy here. It's not quite at that level, but once I started to realize that I'm like, oh, this movie is almost like yeah, like that. It's got the silliness something of tri- something clicked for you there. Yeah, yeah. It's got that sort of over the top cheesiness of, uh, of an Evil Dead movie, okay. the early Sam Raimi movies. Um, they started clicking into place a little bit, and but then also like the sets. You got like so you got this sort of Sam Raimi energy with the practical sets of like a Hook or Goonies in there. Mm-hmm. There's David Lynchian dream sequences with the Catholic. clouds and the the sky stuff. You got the beach from the beach. No, oh. these beautiful shots. There's some beautiful, some pretty. There's a lot of prettiness to this movie. Yep. And then you got the song, of course. Oh. And it's just very balls out. It's everything that that we've already said that the Street Fighter wasn't. And I think from the opening, as soon as it starts and there's fire and it's the song and it's ba 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 ba, You're like, that's the perfect tone setter. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you're in for. As soon as that starts, you're like. Oh, it's, it's a, is this a Hawaiian pizza I'm about to consume? I could, I could do a Hawaiian. And it's fucking good. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, ate the whole that, damn thing. Ate the whole damn, yeah, I ate the whole thing. Um, I mean, it's not a perfect film by any means. Mm. But I thought maybe we could go like through the roster. 
maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got I've got some thoughts on the roster. Yeah, let's do that. Where do you want to start? Maybe we'll start with um, what is arguably the main guy, Liu Kang. I guess we'll spend some time on his hair to begin with. More of a mullet than I was expecting. He looks More like he's a in a hair metal band. It's it's amazing. It's buoyant. It's bouncy. <laughs> so I was debating this with Carol. Oh, yeah. She said, no, you got a blow dryer to get like that. And I was like, oh, would you not Some just, people are just lucky though. Yeah, I was like, what if he just shampooed and – he's obviously conditioning a lot. Yeah. He's just got that freshly washed yeah. bounce. Funnily enough, friend of the show, <laughs> Gennady, I, I, I said to him, have you thought about this haircut? That would work so good for him. Yeah. And then um, he said, funnily enough, he's he said yes. he's like, oh, no, nah, it's too much work. Andy, <laughs> Andy, his wife, has been trying to get him to do it. <laughs> wow. What are the odds? She's referenced this guy. I thought, why don't you do that with your hair? <laughs> wow. Like semi-recently. She's like. He's like, yeah, I know. I get this all the time. <laughs> Why have you not pulled the trigger yeah. on the Liu Kang? Uh, 95, Mortal Kombat, yeah. Robin Shu. Wow. Wow. Well, I didn't expect you to start there, Greg, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> first things first. <laughs> what about the, the martial arts of it all, of, of Liu Kang's performance? Because this is where uh, I don't have a qualified eye for this. Uh, yeah, he, moves, he moved good. Yeah. There's one particular, particular excuse mm. me, kick. <laughs> That um, really caught my eye. Yeah. Um, made famous in the real world by uh, uh, an MMA star called Anthony Pettis. Oh. The former lightweight champion of the UFC. You obviously talk about the one where he repeatedly kicks on the chest. Where he goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Now, the one where he jumps off the wall and pushes with one leg. I saw that recently. I was watching a compilation of some. Of UFC yeah. stuff. That guy did that. He did. That- I think he actually did it when he was in the WEC, which was another one that ah. UFC ended up buying, against a guy called Benson Henderson who was who since then went on to be a fairly long-standing champ as well. So it wasn't against no scrub. And he basically yeah, right. was running at him and jumped off, jumped up onto the cage, pushed off it, and with the same kick, uh, same leg, kicked this guy across the face and dropped him. Didn't Like didn't KO him, but it. Well, and this was after ninety five, right? Yeah, you're saying he should pay some funds to the. Oh, I Blue think King there's Foundation. one point in the legacy bucket for this. Movie. Huge! It's yeah. like I saw it. I get ah, cred where it is due. So you, you know, might is he shooting any fireballs? Uh, what about soul consumption. It, no, he seems like a pretty wholesome guy. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but I think it it was good. I thought he did a good, really good job. Yeah. I thought so. And as a character, not bad, not bad. Oh, he had a good steely intensity, I thought. Yeah, he was good. He was um, – it's actually funny to start with him because I think it's – a lot of what I liked about it was in contrast to the others where it's like it's actually him fighting and shit. You see his face when he's doing all these things and he jumps off the wall and he does those things yeah. and it's him. Well, he's a – yeah, apparently the, he had a lot actually, of input into the choreography of it all because yeah. that's his main bag. Yeah. Which is very cool. That was really cool. Good yeah, casting, I quite guys. liked him. Good casting. Now moving on, Johnny Cage. What do we think of Johnny Cage? Well, let's give him all a rating. I let's give. I'll I'll give Liu Kang an A minus. Okay. Well, you give the ratings. I'll just give the okay. Give the, the blurb. <laughs> uh, Johnny Cage. There was more Frank Dukes slash Frank Dukes in the fictionalized Frank Dukes. Well, I guess they're both fictionalized. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's very astute on your that's, part. That's ironic. Um, 
<laughs> there's more of a frank, like there was more there than I realized of the JCVD connection. Obviously, there's a nut punch and everything, but just uh, it felt like he's going to the Kumite. Like there was in the opening of the movie, it feels yeah a little bloodsport esque, doesn't it? Does a bit. Um, but I found him a little uh, not great. I think I have this fundamental disconnect with Johnny Cage in these things because part of the character is that he's famous but he's played by someone that's not famous and so, like, you can't just, I don't know, I feel like there's some need to, it should be played by a famous person, I think. You couldn't see past it? I couldn't see past it. Hey, there's plenty of famous people. Why didn't you cast a famous person to play a famous person? (laughs) Like, man, just a known person at least. Like Oscar, Christopher Lambert Oscar in that. so unknown. Did you, well, did you know him? No, I, don't, I still don't. Yeah. What's he been in since? Days of Our Lives, some shit like that. He was in the last two seasons of Melrose Place. Yeah, that's right. I knew he was in something. And he was in Teen Wolf or something, the TV show. God damn it, I'm a doctor, yeah. not a doctor. <laughs> he did the nut punch, of course. Um, and then in terms of the fighting, because he, he's supposed to be a martial artsman. Yeah, he's good, isn't he? He's all right. I think he's got a stuntman though. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I give him a C. Okay. C plus. Okay. C plus. This is not just for martial arts. This is just in terms of yeah, acting, the whole shebang, everything. Yeah. What about Sonia? Oh, she sucked. Really? Yeah, she's so bad. She what happened? She was standing to fight. She couldn't even put a fighting. She couldn't. She she didn't even have a fighting stance. Yeah, right. Sure, that's like the first thing. Put your feet here. Put your hands here. Don't look super unco. To your point, you they could have just built it into the story that she's not a fighter. Because well, they kind of did because then they're like they just she goes from being this badass like chick yeah. at the beginning. Well, that's the, yeah. And then she's damsel in distress and, and he's like, I'll fight. I pick Sonia. And they're like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I wrote the exact same thing. She's supposed to be a badass, but then she beats Kano and she kills him, which was unexpected. She kills him. Yeah, but do you know how she kills him? That's so, like I can't a, remember now. Okay, so she does the Sonia move where she does a handstand and wraps her legs around your neck and takes uh, you down. Oh, yeah. But then like she's trying to suffocate him in your legs, which she probably could do. Mm. You'd probably want to do a triangle type move, which is where you squash the arm up against the throat. Ah. But she's just got it straight on the throat and she doesn't actually lock her heel. She doesn't lock her legs at all. So she's just, it's just thigh master <laughs> 2000. She's, she's literally just, there's no like, there's no physically. Like, yeah, but she's been doing the Suzanne Summers thing. <laughs> oh, my God. She has been working the thigh master something fierce because she literally doesn't cross it. She just quashes him like that, like a pair of scissors. Yeah. So she's powerful is what oh, you're saying. she got some pro- – she's got a groin there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Where were we? Sam Price is oh, – He's, he's, he's like, listening right huh? now, just nodding. <laughs> I'm going to marry that woman. Between his forearm – have you seen <laughs> Sam Price's right forearm? No. It's comical. <laughs> uh, but then she kills Kano and so she's sort of a, a badass. Yeah, and then not. And then not at all. Like at they, all. They're like – Shang Tsung's like, I picked Sonia. And, and they're like, like oh, you, what are you doing? <laughs> That's you not- are a coward. He calls <laughs> you a coward. <laughs> coward sorcerer. It's weird it's because the like, movie. No, no but she's the same. No, she didn't she's want like, to fight him. Like, no. That's the thing. She doesn't want to fight him. She goes, I just wanted to fight that fat drunk 
And then Australian he, And then he ties her up and gets someone to tease her hair out a bit. And put a mini skirt on. <laughs> it's like Princess she Leia. Fully, she's a different character then. She's a damsel in distress and they have to go save her. They should have just chosen one or the other. Top B. <laughs> C. No, B. You can't give her a B. Yeah. No, but acting and stuff. She's a better actor than half of them. Is she? I thought she was really bad. The bar's low, Greg. You can't go, oh, Johnny Oh, Johnny Cage, you're so selfish. This is just like you. She met him like five minutes ago. Yeah. I guess that's more the script, but still. <laughs> and then she's like standing there all. And then when and then when she gets rescued by Johnny Cage, she gives her the same scrunched up loving face smile that she gives Billy Madison. Yeah. I could, yeah. It's pretty cute. Yeah. But it looked out of character. <laughs> e. E. All right, Katana. Ten. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> So what we have is two scoring systems, I think. Uh, <laughs> Why? Katana is the fucking worst, man. As, wait, not as an actor, and she's a babe, of course, but as a character. What is, what are these riddles, man? She's mysterious. She's, what are these riddles? They're so. You just can't handle her mystery. <laughs> it's not helpful, isn't it? <laughs> you didn't help her at all, didn't I? How? Yeah. How is that easier? Uh, what did what did you say? <laughs> you must use the element that we, that it brings life. Brings life, and then she shows up again and says it again. Just use water. Use the water. Oh, she's being discreet. What, how is Do that? you not know what <laughs> outer world, outer realms subtlety is? Have you ever heard of that? Well, phrase? she was in Earth realm at, at that point. I think it's very astute on your part. <laughs> oh gosh! But she. <laughs> Like it would be one thing if it was like, your, I don't know, it's a clue in a book or like something that, but she wants him to win. Why create any chance of misinterpretation of what she's saying? There's many elements that create life. Use Semen. water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Spider-Man. <laughs> that did occur to me. <laughs> I guess it probably still would have worked. <laughs> Porn parody? Like, Water would have been fine, but yes, that also works. Slinging jizz. I think she was in the sequel too, so she gets bonus points. I give her a C minus. Wait, so you give Sonya a higher score than Katana? Yeah, because her character makes slightly more sense. She's not doing riddles. (sighs) We're at odds here. Reptile A+. Reptile was cool. I never really liked Reptile. In the game, I didn't, but I, I liked him more in the game. Oh, you did? Yeah. What oh, did he okay. do? Because he was a hidden character, I think. Yeah, he was like a, just like Sub Zero. Yeah, he was like the third one of them. He was a reptile. Yeah, what did he do? Did he shoot a little reptile at you? Or Acid something? or something? Probably. Yeah. Anyway. But I thought it was cool in this how he came, he was like a yeah, little bad a, CGI thing. Yeah, that's cool. And then turned into, went into the statue there. Yeah, he had a good fight. Broke Liu Kang's ribs in real life. I like it when he does backflips down the little stage and Liu Kang just does a little, yeah. <laughs> jump. Apparently he was supposed to do something to sort of match it and then he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably his worst moment in the film. Yeah. Maybe just don't show it, hey. Like, yeah, there's probably yeah. some other way. <laughs> <laughs> the one stunt that I could probably do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably roll my ankle. <laughs> It looks semi-steep. <laughs> Kano. 
So he is supposed to be Australian in this. So I was watching it and I was like, is he supposed to be Australian? I know he's Australian in the new one and Josh Lawson's in the new one and everyone loves him and he's apparently hilarious. As Kano? Yeah. So apparently this guy was doing an Australian accent. Yeah, but he was English and I think he told them he was Australian and it's not an Australian accent. He's the guy from JAG. What? The guy from JAG. The TV show, that yeah. TV show, that boring TV show that was always yeah, on. Yeah, with the hot chick. <laughs> you know, they had that really beautiful girl. She was in Ralph all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm wow. aware. I'm aware. Who was he in that? He was, I, th- I assume he was Jagman. Mr. I don't Jag. think he was Mr. Jag. I thought that was more of a Don Draper type. Yeah, I think it's him. Really? And he's dead. Yeah, he died. From too many drugs at the same time. Really? Fuck. Yeah. I'm fact-checking your shit. <laughs> Tristan doesn't believe me, so <laughs> he's fact-checking. Is this – are we coming across like one of those cliched pods where people just sit there and laugh? Giggle. Yeah. I don't think it's – it's not the main Is jag. it not? It's not the main Jag. Are you sure? He may have been in Jag. I got I got the sense he was the Jagman. He's not the, he's not the Jagman. He's a Jagman maybe. Ah. Uh, why are you going to fact-check? <laughs> You know what? I'll tell you something about Kano. When I was a kid, I was like, "Man, that guy's got the worst body in this whole movie." And now, and now I'm like, I would kill for that room. Yeah, <laughs> I've had so many of those in my life. Have you? I've just got Kano. I've had so many of those in my life. You know, there was a time. This is funny because it came up this week. Greg sent me an article or a, an ad for an article, a sponsored post, saying, "You believe they're still posting this shit?" And it was. The Fight Club workout. Yeah. GQ. How, how to get a body like Brad Pitt and Fight Club. When I was young, I was like, no, nah, he's too skinny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was he like, was I don't want to look like that. And he was skinny. But, um, I mean, of course. <laughs> no, I don't want to look like Brad Pitt. I don't want those 5% body fat stomachers. I just want it to be huge then. Yeah. Well. Yeah, now I'm in- huge in all the wrong places. Yeah, Kano is in in good shape. I don't know why he's got that weird triangular Zangief chest hair. Maybe that's what was throwing me. <laughs> Maybe you don't want that. Um, the one part you could control. I wanted, yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> I uh, I wanted like the rig of the dude who gets turned into ice by Sub Zero at the dinner. Oh yeah, yeah. All those all those guys. Henchmen. Are, uh, the henchmen in this are all ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're actual. Fighters and things. Kano, I'd probably give him, for the spirit of the movie and everything, I'd probably give him a B. Yeah, I mean, he's a it's dub, kind of what he's you a need dub fighter. He turns up and gets smoked by a chick who <laughs> can't even stand right. Yeah, but he's a good sort of cartoon character in this, isn't he? What am I doing with my hands? Greg's <laughs> <laughs> in a lot of physical comedy that you're yeah, not seeing. But it's hilarious. It's good. It's very astute of him. Um, what about Goro? I'm very purposely leaving some to the end. What about Goro? Uh, oh, he was interesting, right? In interesting. some ways it was better than I remembered because I think I was expecting full Jason and the Gargonauts type of claymation or something. It was terrible but I respect it. Yeah, yeah, because it's just, quite intricate. It's, and you know how we feel here on Double Practical Impact effects. About it's got some charm. You appreciate effects. the artistry of it. It could have used a bit of a Jim Henson touch. Yeah, I was, I was looking at it again today. Because I watched like how they made it. It is an intricate thing. Like it's a, the bottom half is a human. The face is animatronic. The top two arms are animatronic. 
But it's like the texture or something just makes it look so – it looks like plasticine. Yeah, the face. They didn't nail the face. It's like the if mouth. It's, they just need to make it wet or something, you know. Sometimes there's just like little things Give it, or furry. Add a bit just of the element that uh, brings life yeah, yeah. to his face. It, um, <laughs> apparently the machine stopped working a lot and they used to joke on set that he was a diva because he never wanted to work. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Still getting used to that. Yeah, no, that one goes for anything though. It's true. It's a cap on anything. It's an everything button. Um, but he's but Goro. So it's a mixed bag there because it was sort of better than I was expecting, but it's still very dated. And I would. It's probably not the kind of practical effect where it's. You know, some practical effects age where you like. I could still see this as an aesthetic choice. This one maybe not. It no, this is. Good. I wonder where he is right now. Rotting down with um. Old mate from Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. And the dog from Neverending Story. Yeah. <laughs> He's not that badass. He gets taken down pretty easy. Yeah. He kills Sonya's mate pretty non-violently. I mean, yeah. he's dead. It's violence. But, you know, not graphically at all. Just yeah. puts him to sleep. I think it was just a bit hard. Oh, yeah, because what were they going to do? I thought it was going to rip his arms off. Because that was that Jax or not? No, I think Jax was at, don't go in there, Sonya. Yeah, Don't go okay. on that boat. Get back right here. Sonia. Sonia. Was he English, Aussie? No, he is in my my interpretation. <laughs> um, and, it, yeah, he, Johnny Cage took him down pretty easy. Yeah. Just a nut punch and then throw him, follow him off a cliff. Yeah, it gives him like a sort of spinning heel kick to the face which made him tumble, which was surprising because he looks like he's about a, a ton. Yeah, but top heavy. Yeah, he goes to show. Yeah. Work on the base, right? You got to work on the base. And there's an interesting evolution. You think about the, the Jean-Claude Van Damme connection. You got starts Chong Li. Tong Po is a bit of a missing link between Goro and Chong Li. Oh, yeah, He's got yeah. that weird makeup on to make him Asian even though he's not yeah, Asian. Yeah, because Goro wasn't Asian. No. Or was he? I don't he? know what he was. Well, that's a good segue because my first reaction, which I must own, is that I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe Raiden's white. But apparently Raiden is white. Or it's just not specific in the games. I, don't I mean, know. I, I think in the new one, he's Asian. based on his hat. Yeah, that's what I thought. That he was. Yeah, and in the sequel, he's even more white. But then apparently in the games, it's it's not. He's not necessarily Asian. Right. Uh, but but then and is so it, I, is it ambiguous? But I think in the new one, he is Asian. Ah, oh, right. Not that it's all about that, but it's just that was my first reaction, and then it just got more ridiculous. Ara burst out laughing before he even said it, and then he spoke, and she bursted out laughing again. <laughs> He's, he's this guy. What movie is this guy in? He's just – he's in a different movie. He's like in the Leslie Nielsen version of this movie. Yeah, because he's throwing out gags as well. He's so weird. He's so weird. It's very weird. He gets a – what's worse than an F? He gets an F minus. Can I just say, speaking of the Asian thing, I was like, well, he's got, he's got legacy whitewashing roles anyway from Kung Fu. And then I went, hang on. Oh, that's David Carradine. Oh. <laughs> I thought they were the same person. Really? For like 30 seconds. Well, the other part that I have to admit is my own fault is I didn't realise Christopher Lambert was French. So that goes some way to explain the way why he's talking like that. Same. But he goes further. Is he French? He's like French-American or something. Because I was watching yeah. interviews oh, and he's, he's still talking a little bit like that. But, no, but he's going much further in this. His accent's weird. It's so weird. 
and his outfit is borderline like a Lebowski kind of thing. Mm. His wig is bad. Um, but we've doing we've been doing bad impressions. Why don't I play a clip of him talking just so we can sort of level set here? We've been doing great impressions. Fairly. (laughs) Oh, there's your rational explanation. Listen, listen. (laughs) You have been chosen to defend the realm of Earth (laughs) in a tournament called Mortal Kombat. Your world is but one of many realms. One of them is a forsaken land called Outworld. Ruled by an immortal who has crowned himself emperor. The essence of mortal combat is not about death, but life. The fate of billions will depend upon you. (laughs) Why is he laughing? And then you're not ready. And so on and so forth. I did a little research because I'm like, is this is this voice canon? Why is he talking like this? So I went back and looked at Mortal Kombat 3, the video game, also came out in 1995, and this is what he sounds like, Greg. <laughs> so there's a, a discrepancy. <laughs> Ed Boone doing his best there. Ernie. I assume. Well, could I just, you know, caveat it because there is combat sounds. You know, he's in he's engaging in mortal combat rather than chilling. That's fair. That's fair. What if I told you, Greg, that it's come full circle because you can download the Christopher Lambert skin with his voice in Mortal Kombat 11 and same for Sonya and Carrie Tagawa and the guy that plays Johnny Cage. But this is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to these new buttons. And in addition, in the new games, you can download all these other characters like the Terminator and shit. So this is Christopher Lambert's Raiden versus Arnold. Your machine ancestors do not exist in this realm. Then I have come to the incorrect past. It's not you real will one. bring no death or destruction here. He sounds a bit better now. How, do they, he's got how does it look voice. when it fight when they get to fight? Oh, it doesn't have it in that video, but it's got Carrie DeGauer and shit as well. That's Good. that's quite cool. Oh, I respect that. But I, do people like him in this movie? Because is that like a cool thing to have him in the game? That's weird. I wouldn't have thought so. They must. They must. Carrie DeGauer, I get. But he guides them. He's very instrumental he, in this. He success. ruins the movie. He ruins it. It ruins it. I reckon those, <laughs> not that all the other ones are kicking massive goals, but they're, they're okay enough. He just brings the average down so much further that it's uh, getting in trouble. You've got a soggy base on your Hawaiian pizza. You, you know? yeah. yeah. You don't want to. too much of the life bringer. It's like, did you take the pineapple out of the can or you just pour the whole can over there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get a bit of paper towel or straight on? <laughs> exactly. This is too much moisture. Too much moisture. I got it. This almost knocks two stars off the movie for me a little bit. It's it's a big deal. Why do they have? Why? I I can't argue with that. Yeah. F F minus. F minus. But we saved the best for last, Greg. We've done. 
There is most of them, right? Kerry Tagawa. Kerry Tagawa. Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung. We talked about him before, Shantung. way back in episode three or He's got so. The chicken named after him. Shantung Chicken. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Right. Kerry Tagawa. Ladies and gentlemen. We're, we're big friends. We fell in love with him back in uh, Showdown Little Tokyo. Uh-huh. We talked a lot about it. Early episode where yeah. we drank a lot of alcohol beforehand, so we weren't mm. very articulate. So there's a few themes here. It will be fun to, to recover oh, yeah. with sober mind and heart mm-hmm. because the, the main thing we talked about in that movie, which is an interesting point of contrast to this movie, is the representation of Asian culture and Asian men. Yes. And, and the trope we talked about then, which was rampant in the early 90s, was um, basically if you're, a, if you're an Asian actor in a movie, the only roles you get offered is the, the fearsome enemy or the harmless helper. And we talked in that movie that uh, Brandon Lee, of all people, was sort of positioned as this harmless helper, an asexual sidekick just there to help Dolph be the biggest better man. than Asian people at karate, yeah. 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 <laughs> basically. And get to wear the headband. Yeah, and on the flip side you got Carrie Tagawa as the fearsome enemy all the thing that scared Hollywood and uh, the America, America, and we talked about the whole backstory of how the the meta thing happening behind all this was Sony buying um, what did it buy? one of the movies, yeah, whatever, whatever. Influence of Japanese culture was becoming a thing, and the cultural product of the U.S. was Hollywood. And oh my God, yada 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 yada. Anyway, amongst all this was, of course, Carrie Tagawa. You had something to say on this. Yeah. There's a great documentary called Slanted Cinema, which is about representation of Asians in American films and that kind of thing. And he talks about this specifically and he talks about he's pretty famously playing the bad guy in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. He talks about playing the bad guy and why he chose to play the bad guy, talking yeah. about these two two options he had. And it's so good. <laughs> I've been criticized for playing bad guys by different people within the Asian, Asian American community because they feel that it puts us in a bad light. In Hollywood, you, you had a choice of playing wimpy businessmen or evil bad guys. And my intention was, if I'm going to choose between a wimpy businessman and playing a bad guy, I'm going to play a bad guy because I, want, yeah. I got balls. Yeah. <laughs> I got yeah, balls. And I want kids who grow up to know the Asian men got balls. I have a purpose. It is to make change. And if it means playing stereotypes at this moment, I'll do it. Carrie Tagawa is not going to end up with a star on Hollywood Boulevard. That's not my goal. My goal is to affect the change of our images. <sighs> How cool. I hope he does get a star on the Walk of Fame. I was just Googling Carrie Ta- How old is that footage? Carrie Tagawa star. I think that was mid-90s. Uh, but he's great. And actually re-digging into that made me think about this movie because I heard, Greg, that there was more of a storyline with Liu Kang and um, Katana, a romantic storyline originally in the script, which, yes. which they cut, Aye. which is interesting when you think about the harmless helper trope, the asexual nature often of the harmless helper. Yeah. That they basically neutered Liu Kang. Like he was supposed to have a romantic thing with this character. And like, yeah, you know what? He doesn't need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I'm not, you know, it is what it is. But it's interesting when you overlay mm. that on top of it. It's a little bit, uh, it's a little interesting. Well, yeah, yes. We do mm-hmm. have a film though that's got effectively a, an Asian male lead. Which is cool. 
Exactly, you're right. Like let's uh, we can split hairs. Let's like we can split hairs, or we can check some boxes here. Like, well, no, that's about checking boxes. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I agree with you, Greg. Yeah. This is a big step forward. Um, some other characters uh, maybe could have been Asian. I think Katana's supposed to be Asian, but I mean, again, it's 1995. <laughs> There's often two options, and we got Liu Kang in the lead. That's pretty fucking yep. cool. Character Gower is speaking in pretty much his regular accent, I think, close to. Oh, no, it's more of an English spin on it, but it's not It's not a cliched yeah. bad guy Asian accent, which is quite cool. So you're right. There's a lot in here that this movie did a lot better than a lot of other movies at the time, that's for sure. That's for, for sure. damn sure. Oh, sure. That's for damn sure. And actually, I guess there's one more person on the roster we haven't talked about. That is Paul W.S. Anderson himself, the director of this film. He found his niche, Craig, because after this he went and made bloody six Resident Evil movies. Oh, did he? Well, four of the six, but whatever. The, the final four? Um, no, the some first one and three others. Ah. Yeah. He saw what happened to the sequel in for Mortal Kombat and thought, I've got to stay involved. Yeah, right. But those movies aren't very good, Greg. Are they? The crazy thing them. is he did such a good job in this in, in translating the spirit of the game into the movie and and staying relatively true from what I can tell. I'm not super close to it of the lore of the game and the storylines and things for a game that's just a fighting game to have any storyline to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then you, he makes a movie out of a game like Resident Evil which actually has a pretty cool story and he just throws it all out. Oh, does he? Yeah. The character that Mila Jovovich plays in this is not even in the, there's no character like that in the game. Yeah, well, you got to get Miller in there though, right? Yeah. Well, and then he married her. Yes. She's, she's in six of his 12 movies. Yes. <laughs> so there's six Resident Evil movies. They made over a billion dollars, highest grossing video game movie franchise. I'd say he's a success. Yeah, yeah I guess so because he married Mila Jovovich. Yeah, yes. And a billion dollar franchise. Yeah. But they all have lower. Probably drives a sports car. This has the highest Rotten Tomatoes score out of all of them though. What? Not a combat? Yeah. It's not even a high score. Out of any of his movies. He did Event Horizon too. Oh, yeah, exactly. Weird. His highest score is in the 40s. Event Horizon is a very strange film. I thought it, I haven't seen it and I thought it was meant to be good and then I looked it up and I'm like, oh, maybe it's not meant to be good. I can't remember. I remember I th- didn't like it but maybe I was too young, didn't get it. Well, a lot of people didn't like it it seems. Before we get into verdict – a little bit of trivia that I thought was interesting. That scene where we first meet uh, Johnny Cage, he's been directed in a film. Yes. The film within a film. Very. Uh, yeah. This is know. the part where you fall down. Exactly. Where do you get these guys? <laughs> Type thing. Exactly. The director was supposed to be a Spielberg cameo. Yeah, one Steven Spielberg apparently is a big Mortal Kombat fan. Apparently. But I can't remember why he didn't do it. Because he Schedules. just went on going, living his life. <laughs> schedules. Schedules didn't line up. Yeah. Classic. It's it's hard to line up schedules. He had to have lunch at Spargo's. Is that where they go? Yeah, at some point. With Vinny Chase or something. Mm. Yeah, let's get into verdict. Yeah. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like you to answer the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. 
and that's all I have to say about that. Oh, we didn't talk about the song. The song's good too. The song's great. <laughs> Platinum went platinum in two weeks apparently. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> How could it not? Yeah. Um, my overall thought on this one, in, in, many, in many ways this has aged quite well. Not in all the ways, but in many ways. There's something fun about this movie. I think okay. If, um, uh, the Hawaiian pizza thing, yada, 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 that kind of works. The, it's, the source material is wild. This movie is kind of wild and it's just, it's just a fun time. It is what it is. It's one of those movies, it is what it is. Not just so bad it's good, but just so fun it's good, I dare say. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd okay. give it... It's on a different scale, but I'd give it maybe three and a half stars. Yeah. 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 Is that you you feel the same star? I think so. Yeah. You know, I if was, it had a different rating, it might even be four stars. Yeah, there were some yeah. elements where I really liked Sonya a lot less than you by the sounds of it. Yeah, right. I thought she really sucked. Your more critical eye of the martial arts probably. Well, just her acting as well, I thought. Yeah. Maybe it was. Well, the I felt I felt that way with Johnny Cage as well. Like it was just. Maybe I was expecting more from Veronica Vaughn. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, like I thought the fight sequences kind of had a good energy about it. Fight yeah. sequences had held up somewhat. Yeah. Um, it was yeah, fun. Actually, that's a good point. We did talk about fun. it initially, but it glossed over. The fighting is like it didn't have to be. We saw Street Fighter. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, they it went good. It's a it's a whole different film to Street Fighter. Yeah, like if you line it up against that, it's night and day. Yeah, night and day. Night and day. It couldn't be more opposite. And it doesn't it also helps that the lead kind of like want to be there? <laughs> yeah, and are awake. <laughs> In saying that, I have some recasts that probably counted. Oh out. yeah. <laughs> but before we get to that, some cultural relevancy tests. Yes, of course. Did Simpsons do it? Of course. I've got Bonestorm and Thrill House. Oh. That's a pretty direct reference, isn't course, it? There's probably a few so. others too. But that one is is right there. Porn parodies, I did do some Googling today. There, there are no funny names, but there seems to be a lot okay. of porn with these characters. Oh, good. Yeah. I guess it's probably pretty easy to do. You just put on the outfit there and get a little have COVID some mask. Yeah, <laughs> COVID mask. Um, the element of life. All over the facho. <laughs> use the element of life. Use the element of life. It works in the porn parody. Um, Bechdel test, not really, unfortunately. But at least she's sort of a badass until she's not. Somewhat uh, of a reverse. Yeah, it's a reversal. Then it's definitely not Bechdel territory here. FX test, in terms of the sets and things, fucking cool. In terms of the CGI, actually, and some other effects too are quite cool, like the clouds in the sky yeah. and stuff. Goro loses some points and Lizard in the CGI form loses some points, but it's a pretty movie. It's a vibe. I give, give, I give it a pass. It's a vibe. It's, it's so pretty. There's, I said it before, I, I want to really hammer that home. It's pretty. You look at some stills from this movie, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's colourful. It's Different settings. There's purple. There's some orange parts too. Probably some purple rain. Yeah. Maybe some chubby rain. Prince would have been a good cameo in this. Johnny Prince? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we make a good button too. We've <laughs> already got a purple one there. Uh, recast is, I've got, a, I've got two spins on this. I didn't do yeah, all okay. the characters, but there's kind of a core idea between each. I mentioned the Sam Raimi thing before. What if he did do a Mortal Kombat movie um, and all the, all the sort of pulpiness of Evil Dead and shit? And you get the guy from Evil Dead, Bruce Campbell, who's pretty funny as Johnny Cage. He, he'd be, oh, yeah? he is sort of a Johnny Cage type. He is. Really. I know of him. 
the other idea was you get Sheldon Letich to helm this thing. And everyone's aged up a bit. It's sort of like Mortal Kombat oldies. Yeah. And you've got Michael Jai White as Jax and you have Jean-Claude Van Damme as fucking Johnny Cage, motherfucker. Yeah. That could be good. Bolo Young as Shang Tsung, why not? Like. Yeah. That's that's my recast. He's I like. I didn't go through all the cast. I got a couple. Oh, yeah. Uh, for Liu Kang. Oh, yeah. You could have Matt Damon. Okay, yeah. He's he's very good at that. Yeah. After those, beating those dragons and things. Yeah. What did he do? He beat dragons. Yeah, he, something. He did something. Sonia, you could have Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, good Sonia. She's, she's good at, I suppose that he's a white girl, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or go a little bit different and have, who's the guy from um, uh, The Hangover? Zach Galifianakis. No, the guy in the boot, little Chinese guy. <laughs> he could be Liu Kang. Or Shang Tsung. He's more of a Shang Tsung. He would be a good Shang Tsung. Yeah, because he's kind of evil. Oh, fuck, I forgot his name. Ken Jeong. Anyway, that's all I had. Nice. I like it. I like it. Uh, oh, we got one more week of May Madness. Madness, Madness, Madness. Madness. Ewe. Which is going to be Space Jam. Ewe. Or Space Yamon in French, which I believe translates to Space Ham. <laughs> it does. I've started watching it. Have you? Yeah. It's going to be we talk about it next week? Gonna, this is going to stretch the food analogy because we've already done Hawaiian pizza. Oh, well, there's ham on many things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to it. I think we're covering the spectrum here, aren't we? Big time. We really are. May Madness continues. Hey, fuck, we forgot to mention the opening of the episode. You have a chance to, A, win some free merch. We're talking, we're talking shirts. We're talking mugs. It's top tier stuff. But you also have the chance to choose our next movie following May Madness. This is a big responsibility. Yeah. All you have to do is go to our Instagram. The instructions are there. But I'll explain it here because why not? Make a post. Tag us. Tag two friends. The post could be anything relating to your favorite episode of Double Impact. It could just be an image from the movie. Anything. Anything. It could just be words. doesn't matter. Tag us, tag two mates, and you're in the draw. Could be a picture of Sally Field. Could be a picture of Sally Field. You may get a bonus point for that. (laughs) Get amongst it. Let me put it this way. If you enter now, your chances are pretty bloody high. So get into it. Free merch is up for grabs. Grabs, The power of choosing a movie is up for grabs, 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 grabs. Ooey. It's very astute on your part. <laughs> Alright, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.